morning I want to talk about when God works on the other side. And I, w- I want you to understand this first phrase that I'm going to make. Um, and I want you to understand it. Um, I, a, couple month, a couple years ago, actually, when, when we first were here, we had an evangelist here that spoke about prayer and praying for spiritual things. And I don't know if you remember this, but we, he asked us in the middle of a church meeting to get together with somebody and share something that we wanted them to pray for us. And uh, I happened to uh, uh, partner up with my friend Jim down here. And um, I'm not going to tell you what he said, but I'll tell you what I told him. I told him the thing that I needed prayer on most was faith. And I remember his response. He was like, what? You're the guy that just picked up from Michigan, left his job, left his family, and moved here where you knew absolutely nobody, and you're asking God for more faith. So let me explain this really quickly in a phrase. Um, I have an easier time believing in faith that God can work in me than I really have that he, than having faith that he can work in the lives of those whom I'm concerned about. You understand what I mean? I'm I'm pliable. I know I am. Uh, I am I'm flexible, and when God speaks to me, I have an open ear, and I have faith that when he tells me to do something, I'm going to do it. My faith weakness is with others, that when God speaks to others, oh, maybe I don't have the faith that he's, they're going to do what God tells them to do. But we need to realize, let's see if this works. It's on. But it's not. Let's try it now. There we go. We need to realize that when God, when we have one end that we are aware of, God works on the other end. Uh, we need to realize that God works on the other end. You ever been in a canoe before? What's, if there's a two-person canoe, what's your best place? Where, where do you want to be? I want to be in the back too. Why? Because I can control things. I can see things. I can reach out and hit my wife with that paddle that's not quite long enough. If you're in the front of a canoe, you've got your own perspective. You cannot see what the person behind you is doing. You can't see what they see. The person in the back of the canoe can see everything. They can see what you're doing. They can see what's ahead of you. They can see what's behind you. They can see where you're going. I love the back end of a canoe. That's where God is. We're at the front of the canoe. We're paddling. trying to. But God's in the back. He's at the other end. And he's working his way through our lives. And we need to understand that God works on both ends. He's controlling both ends. This morning I want to share a Bible story with you. If you'll open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 41... Yes, this is going to actually be a Sunday school class, and we're going to cover a Sunday school story this morning. And if you get to Genesis 41, you'll understand that this is the story of Joseph. I love the story of Joseph. Um, Joseph is one of my Bible heroes. Everything he went through, everything he experienced was for one purpose. And God used every experience through his life to get him to that purpose. In Genesis chapter 41, I want to read the first 14 verses, and I want to do something we don't do here often, but I I love when we honor God and read his word. I love to stand together. So if you can, if you're able to, if you're not, 
You can stay seated, but I would like to stand together. I want to read just the first 14 verses of Genesis 41, and you'll get the idea. And if you've been through these Sunday school classes before as a young child or even as an adult, you'll be familiar with this passage. Genesis chapter 41, starting in verse 1. And it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, he stood by the river. And behold, there came up out of the river seven well-favored kine, and fat-fleshed, and they fed in a meadow. And behold, seven other kind came up after them out of the river, ill-favored and lean-fleshed, and stood by the other kind upon the brink of the river. And the ill-favored and lean-fleshed kind did eat up the seven well-favored and fat kind. So Pharaoh awoke, and he slept and dreamed a second time. And behold, seven ears of corn came up upon, up upon one stalk, rank and good, And behold, seven thin ears and blasted with east wind sprung up after them. And the seven thin ears devoured the seven rank and full ears. And Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. And it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled. And he sent and called all the magicians of Egypt and all the wise men thereof. And Pharaoh told them his dream, but there was none that could interpret them unto Pharaoh. Then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh, saying, I do remember my faults this day. I made a mistake. I forgot something. I should have told you. Verse 10. Pharaoh was wroth with his servants, and he put me in in ward in the captain of the guard's house, both me and the chief baker, and we dreamed a dream one night. And I and he, we dreamed each man according to the interpretation of his dream. And there was there this young man, a Hebrew servant to the captain of the guard, and we told him, And he interpreted to us our dreams, to each man according to his dream he did interpret. And it came to pass, as he interpreted to us, so it was. Me he restored unto mine office, and him he hanged. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon, and he shaved himself. Good guy. Woo! And he shaved himself and changed his raiment. And came in unto Pharaoh. Let's pray. Father, as we look at your word this morning, and we see in the life of Joseph how you work at both ends. You're working at our end. You're working at your end. We pray that you'll help us just to understand this realization that you are working at the other end. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. We need to realize God is working on the other end. Two full years had gone by. Two full years, the Bible says, since Joseph Joseph interpreted the dream and since the butler had promised, oh, I'll I'll get you out of here. Two full years had gone by since Joseph had been falsely accused and placed in prison for a crime that he did not commit. You remember the story. First of all, Joseph's brothers had plotted against him, planned to kill him, sold him into slavery to the Egyptians. What a good, you thought you didn't like your brother. These guys are bad. These guys are bad. And then he sold to Potiphar's house, and Potiphar's wife attempts to seduce him and accuses him of something that he did not do. And the Bible says that he ran from her, leaving his coat behind. He left his coat, but he kept his character. And Potiphar's anger was kindled against him. I don't think he believed his wife. Because if he believed his wife, Joseph would be dead. But instead he threw him in jail, threw him in prison. And if you remember, he's in prison, and two men come to him, the butler and the baker. And Joseph interpreted the dreams of the butler and the baker, and he predicted 
based on the dream. God gave him the interpretation that the butler would be restored to position and the baker would be executed. And it happened. But before the butler left prison, he promised he was going to remember Joseph. When I get out, I'm going to tell somebody about you. But he didn't. The Bible says two full years happened. But that was okay. Because Joseph's faith was not in the butler. Joseph's faith was in God. He wasn't depending on the butler. The days passed. No word came. Weeks, months, two full years. And I'm sure by then Joseph thought nothing was going to happen. At least not like the butler said it was going to happen. But Joseph's faith was not in the butler. Joseph talked to God. God worked in his life. He had more things to happen to Joseph. He had more. I don't know all the stories of Joseph in prison. He wasn't surrounded by the best of people. God had two more years to work on him before he was ready for his plan. Joseph talked to God. God worked in his life. And while God worked in Joseph's life, God was also working on the other end that Joseph was not aware of. All of us have difficulties to deal with. All of us have difficulties on our job, on maybe our hardships at home, maybe our relationship with people. Whatever the circumstance, as God is working in our lives, he's working at the other end too. Today I want to talk briefly, since Jim only left me about 15 minutes, I want to talk really briefly about three things that we can learn about God from this Sunday school story, from this Bible story. Three things that we can learn about God from this Bible story. Number one, God deserves to be honored. God deserves to be honored. In this story, we learn that God deserves to be honored. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30, I don't know if you remember this story. Eli, Samuel, Samuel's a long, young boy, and God comes to Eli, and this is what he says. In 1 Samuel 3, 30, he says, Be it far from me, for them that honor me I will honor. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. That doesn't mean they're going to be esteemed. That just means you'll get your little bit of, oh, but we need to honor God because he says, for them that honor me, I will honor. The Lord is speaking to Eli and he says, honor the Lord and he's going to honor you. Do you believe that there's a real God in heaven who sees us and knows all about us? No matter what we're saying or what people around us are doing, God really sees our hearts and knows what's going on inside. The Bible promises us, if we honor him, he's going to honor us. Remember, Joseph is in prison. He's in prison. Nobody's there except criminals, bad guys. How easy is it to slide when you're surrounded by people who are not honoring God? But Joseph didn't. It's easy to slide when we're alone, when we're surrounded by unbelievers. Yet Joseph's true to the Lord. In Genesis chapter 40, Joseph was alone in Potiphar's house. One other person. Yet God was real to Joseph. 
And Joseph honored God. In Genesis chapter 41, he's in prison, surrounded by criminals, and he still honors God. He says, I will not sin against God. When we talk about God, when we talk about all he is, we realize with certainty he deserves to be honored. First of all, God is eternal. He's eternal. That means he has no beginning, no end. 1 Timothy 1.17, now unto the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. God is eternal. That's his character. God is omnipotent. Jeremiah 32.17, ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power. And stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. He's also omniscient. He knows everything. Daniel 2.21, and he changeth the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. God is omniscient. And the last one, God is omnipresent. And so I love Psalm 139. And a lot of you have memorized verses in Psalm 139 verse 7 says, Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend unto heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. These are the characteristics of God. If these things are true about our Lord, and If God can work here today at our end, he can also work on the other end. Joseph's in jail, praying and trusting God. He's tempted by Potiphar's wife. Joseph clung to his trust and his honor of God. When Joseph was waiting to hear the news from the butler in jail, he continued honoring God. He continued going to God. But God, was working on the other end. My confidence. My confidence is that I've chosen to honor God. I've chosen to do so. I believe God will keep his word. We need to be reminded over and over and over again what God is able to do. My confidence is not in what I can do. My confidence is not in what I can say. It's not what I can share with others about God, it's in that quiet, secret place of my own life where I've chosen to honor God. I, uh, I was planning on staying during the hurricane. I really was. Um, and then Tuesday morning, I got the... You, you got it, right? It said zone A and B needs to evacuate immediately. And I knew I was in zone B, and I knew I was on the the outskirts of zone B, but it said evacuate. So I packed up everything, chased the cat around the house, packed her up, put everything in my little car, and then went back in for one more thing. And I came out the second time, and my neighbors were standing around. And they were saying, we're not going anywhere. Where are you going? We've been through every hurricane there is here. We're fine. I'm like, oh, well, maybe I'm jumping the gun a little bit. So I got the cat carrier, put it back in the house. 
And I started thinking, before I even unzipped, I started thinking, what kind of testimony would I be if I ignored the authority God's put over me and stayed? So I picked up the cat. It was like a five-minute decision. And I felt God saying, go. I, I really did. What's the worst thing that can happen if you go? Nothing. Like, yeah. Huh. You can see my son. So, so I, uh, I put the cat in the car, and I left. Um, before I left, there was a five-gallon gas can that I had full of gas in case I needed gas. And I didn't already need my car because I didn't know what the gas situation was headed north. My neighbor was walking out with his gas can. I said, where are you going? He said, i got to go get some gas for my generator. And I reached in and grabbed that five-gallon gas and handed it to him. He said, take this too. I'll be fine. And I drove across the strait and drove up the state and went up to North Carolina. Um, when I finally got a hold of that man, three days later, he said, I wrote it down. He said, you've got somebody looking out for you. I was like, that's all he said. And it was three more days before I could get a hold of him. So I, I was thinking the worst case scenario. Well, it wasn't horrible, but our carport collapsed. And the two beams that collapsed landed right in my parking spot where my car would have been. Yes, I do have somebody out looking out for me. I do have somebody looking out for me. Because I honor God. Proverbs 3, 6. I shared this verse with you when I told you about moving down here. It says this, In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. God directed me to go. God directed every situation, every decision I made to go. Because he knew that carport was going to collapse on my car. He knew that. God deserves to be honored. There, there is a second thing, and I'll hurry through this, that I learned about God from his, this passage. And that's that God speaks to people. God speaks to people. Let me share this verse with you. Hebrews chapter 1. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. God spoke through the prophets, it says. And he also speaks to us today. I am thankful that I do not have to bow down to some dumb idol or a piece of wood or a piece of stone, a picture hanging on a wall, an occupied grave. We have a true living God who speaks to people. In Isaiah chapter 45, if you write this verse, these verses down, I'll share with just one part of it with you. In Isaiah 45, verses 18 to 23, I want to focus specifically on verse 19 where it says, I have not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. God wants us to know what he's telling us. It's not a secret. He hasn't hidden it. There is no mystery in the Bible that we have to unlock the code to. Despite what those tabloids say on your way out the checking at uh, Walmart. God wants us to know what he says. And I truly believe if you can get on your knees and pray for your own child today, just as sure that you know that God is hearing you on your end, God is going to be working on that child on the other end. Millions have come to the Lord because someone on this end prayed. That's the way the Lord works. That's the way that God moves. God speaks to people. Psalm chapter 85, verse 8, I will hear what God the Lord will speak, 
for he will speak unto his people and to his saints, but let them not turn again to folly. God speaks through his word. God speaks through his word. I, I've gone to God in low hours of my, time, of my life, and God's used a Bible verse, like a spiritual pulley to hold me up, to lift me up, to do something that nobody else could do. The only way you can get those is to read a portion of God's word every day. God speaks through his word. He also speaks through his spirit. The spirit of God indwells every believer. Have you ever sensed that God's working in your heart to lead you in a certain direction or to confirm the way that you're thinking? That's the spirit of God. God speaks through other Christians. He speaks through other Christians. God has spoken to me many times through other people as they've given me as Proverbs 25:11 says, words fitly spoken like apples of gold and pictures of silver. I remember Pastor Sexton up in Cape Coral told me, we don't want you here at our church. And most of us would go, what? What, what do you say that for? That was exactly what I needed to hear. He was telling me I need to be in my community, not his. And when people get saved here through my ministry at the public school, I need to be, be able to bring them here to our church and not drive them 40 miles up to Cape Coral. God speaks to us through Christians. Oh, this one. <laughs> God speaks to us through circumstances. Sometimes we act as if we're the only people in the world having a hard time. I thought so. My carport collapsed. I have holes in my wall. I, have, I lost all my beef in my freezer. And then I took a drive to Unique Circle. With one of my students live. And their stuff, everything they own is piled as high as the ceiling out in front of the house. Everything they own. Joseph had experienced some circumstances. This was his circumstances. God allows circumstances through, he, he allows circumstances and he allows through those circumstances to speak to us. So often our disappointments are his appointments. Our disappointments are his appointments. Pharaoh has a dream, a unique circumstance. It's simply a dream that confused the men of the world. It was so simple. But God worked through the dream. Through the memory of his butler, God used the circumstances. He was about to spring Joseph from prison and make a prince out of him. How come? Because he honored God and God was speaking to him. There's a third and last thing that we can learn about God directly from this passage. And this is God does what is right at the right time. Imagine if Joseph, if the butler had done what he said right away. Went to the Pharaoh and said, hey, there's this guy in prison I met. Um, hey, let's give him a job. And the Pharaoh would have probably said, oh, well, we already gave him a chance at uh, Potiphar's house. I'm not sure. Uh, by the way, I don't know if you know this, but the Bible tells us that when Joseph got out of prison, they changed his name. They changed his name to what some believe means a man cleared from adultery. But it didn't happen this way because God's timing needs to be right. God's timing was not right at this time. Genesis 41, 14. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph. Two years later, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon, and he shaved himself and changed his raiment. 
and came in onto Pharaoh. This was God's time. This was the time. Two years later, then we get the then. The timing is now right. God does what is right when it's right to do it. The dream, the memory of Joseph in prison, those were all God's time. Not only does the timing need to be right, the event needs to be God's event. Joseph told Pharaoh that the interpretation belonged to God, not to him. It was God's interpretation because the event is God's. In Genesis 41, 16, it says, And Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. It wasn't Joseph's interpretation. It was God's because it was God's event. Joseph not only told the meaning of the dream, but he also told Pharaoh what he needed to do. And with a snap of a finger, Joseph was a ruler of Egypt. He was over Potiphar. You ever thought about that? He was now Potiphar's boss. He was over Potiphar. He was over Potiphar's wife. The Bible tells us down in verse 41 through 43 that, that Pharaoh put a ring on his finger. He gave him fine linen. He gave him chains of gold. He allowed him to ride in the limousine, protected by the Secret Service. He was over the entire country. And this was now who Joseph was destined to be because it was God's time. Because he honored God. Because God spoke to him. And he waited for God to do what was right at the right time. Think what God can do when he's ready to do it. I have this great chocolate poke cake that I make. It, no, I'm not making it for you. There's stages to it. I've, I've got to cook the cake. I've got to poke holes in it. I've got to pour in chocolate. Fudge and uh, pudding. And then I've got to put it in. I know your stomach ran. And then I've got to put it in the refrigerator. Now, all during that, I am, oh, I want it. I want it. And my wife is, can I have a piece? No, because it's not ready. It's not done. Then i got to mix the Cool Whip with the chocolate fudge and spray it on top. But you can't eat it yet because there's a certain time when it's ready. A lot of times our lives are like that. We wait. Oh, come on, God, I need it now. I want it now. God knows what the right timing is. He knows when things are ready. I love this verse in Isaiah 30. And therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious unto you, and therefore will he be exalted that he may have Mercy upon you, for the Lord is a God of judgment. Blessed are all they that wait for him, because it's his time. The time was perfect. The need was great in the land of Egypt. God had distinctly prepared a man to meet that need. Joseph was in prison working on his end, honoring God, while God was working on his end, speaking to people, until he was ready to do what was right at the right time. All this because Joseph trusted that God was working on the other end. May we do the same. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for Joseph's example and how he was patient, how he honored you through his life, and how he waited for you to do things right in your time and speak to him and speak to others. We thank you for how you worked on the other end for us. In your name we pray. Amen.
If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.